I can multitask because I use a computer, and you can't multitask because you use a toy. Like I'm again, like you're you're attempting to to rile me up right now, <laughs> but I'm sitting here in front of an iMac, <laughs> like a computer that I bought the before you bought computer. yours, and mine that's works. Oh, that's that's harsh. Mine works just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how long did we take setting up this show today? <laughs> that was user error. That was Pepcac. That was that issue. Uh-huh. Oh man, how's that RAM? Oh man, just going for the jugular today. How's the RAM? Uh, RAM good? It's fine. It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, now we're going to start the show. All right, all right. I don't know how though. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just did. So, how's it going, Mike? We haven't just been talking for 14 minutes trying to figure out how to get this show started. Not at all. Well, when we're, basically, we've come to the conclusion that Casey doesn't know how to use computers. That isn't exactly the truth, but I don't feel like arguing about it anymore, so let's just go with that being a fact. The old iPad user over here has been troubleshooting for the Mac user. I have quite literally, I, this is no joke, I have been troubleshooting this a piece of true. Macintosh application software for Casey for the last 10 minutes before we started recording today. That is pretty darn accurate. All right, so let's move on. Mike, what are you doing the, this week? I'm traveling. The longest traveling I have ever taken in my life, Casey. I am actually mm-hmm. effectively moving for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. Like some of the stuff I'm packing, so weird. Just like, like things that I never really thought that I would pack before, like an AeroPress and filters and a bag of coffee. Like it's just such a strange thing because I'm okay, having to like gotta think stop. ahead. We got to stop right here. Mm-hmm. We got to stop right here, though. Does it not strike you as a problem that you have to pack foodstuffs? to travel to another country. Like, this is why I don't believe in coffee. No, no. And let me, no, before, no, before no, you no I'm not letting me, you do this. No, I'm not letting me. you do this. No, because you're railroading me right now. Look, it's not about have started, to. Though. It's about want to. I want <sighs> my coffee in the morning when I am not in New York. So I'm going to be spending a week in Memphis. And when I'm at Stephen's house, I like to have coffee in the morning, but I just don't want to inconvenience anyone by like being like, oh, Stephen, take me to Starbucks every day. So I'm just taking an AeroPress and a bag of coffee with me. That's all. I'm having a very tough time swallowing that this is just personal preference, and it's not the sort of thing where you absolutely have to have it or you're a turd. All right, so absolutely have to have some caffeine in the morning. Yes. Does it need to be my exact coffee? No. Do I want it to be? Yes. I'll allow it. I will begrudgingly allow it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, moving on. So it's just it's just strange to think about leaving for that amount of time. Like the clothes that you take, like I haven't fully decided on it yet. Trying to like plan for myself for a month in which things will be happening that I don't even know about. Right? Like <laughs> I know I'm going to be making plans when I'm spending time in various places. Mm-hmm. that I don't know if I can anticipate in a way that's different to usual travel because, like, when you're traveling, you tend to be, like, vacationing or whatever, right? And you've got a pretty good attempt to understand what's going on. But I'm going to be spending so much time in New York without a plan that the potential plans that could happen for me could be wildly different to what I expect. Like, for example... 
I am not planning on taking any like dress shoes to this trip because、mm. I just don't want to. Don't no space. But then I'm well, now I'm like, but、well, what if I need them? But then I figure I'm in one of the biggest cities in the world, so I can just buy some. But the point is, like, I'm having to go through these things in my head, which is not usual for the types of trips that I take. It's usually a lot easier to just know what I'm going to need or know the realm of things that I'm going to need, and then just go for it. But this one is—it's just very different. So I realize at this point people maybe don't have any idea what I'm talking about. So I'll give a very quick, quick kind of rundown of what I'm doing. So、um, I am going to be leaving on a jet plane on Wednesday, the second of August, and returning on Tuesday, the fifth of September. That's、oh, my travel. Goodness. Uh, I'm going to be going to the DC Pen Show. Then I'm going to be going to New York. I'm going to spend time in Manhattan. Then I'm going to Memphis. Then I'm going back to New York, spending a, a handful of days in Brooklyn. Then on the Lower East Side, and then Edina is coming out, and we're going on a vacation together. So we can go into a little bit more detail about some of these points, but like that is it, right? So it's like each of those lasts for about a week. Um, so that's that's kind of how I'm breaking up my month of America in August. That、year. is that is utterly bananas. And to go back a step,、uh, I left my own devices. Am a nervous traveler, and I would even go so far as to say nervous packer. And what I mean by that is, I want to have anything I could ever possibly need ever in my suitcase. Do I? Is there even the the slimmest chance I'm going to need dress shoes? Like you were talking about earlier, then darn it, let's throw in some dress shoes. You know what? I might need a bathing suit at WWDC. Maybe I should pack the. Yeah, okay, I'll pack the bathing suit, which I've never actually done. But it's I, I am on the edge of being that bad that I would actually pack a bathing suit for Dub Dub. So, as someone who left to his own devices is, is an extremely nervous traveler slash packer, I have. Forced myself over the years to get better and better about this. To not bring an entire、um, redundant outfit, but at most to bring a redundant undershirt and underwear and maybe socks. I am trying so desperately to be a better packer. And if you asked me to go to the UK or either Europe on the whole for a month, I would basically be bringing seventeen suitcases because there's no way I would survive otherwise. But here's the other thing about this, right? Which it, it's this kind of like brain breaking for the amount of time. I don't think this way when I'm at home, right? That like, got to make sure that everything is in the house. I just、mm-hmm. assume that it is, or if it isn't, then I can buy or replace something. Sure. So I'm kind of in that mindset with this trip that I will have so much time on my hands that I have the ability to run errands. In a way that I don't usually, yeah, because all, which makes perfect sense for for a lot of the time. All of the time that I have is mine, which is not how my life usually is, right? Like I am actually recording less during this period. I have less projects on because I've been like pre banking things and getting all that stuff ready, and I don't have any family or relationship obligations. So、yeah. it's kind of like if I have to go to a grocery store to get something like. I have the time to do that. It's it's weird. It is weird. Like I'm usually maybe more in your camp on when I go away for a week, 
This time, I'm a little bit more zen about it, I think, because it's this weird experience. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to do something different than usual. Like, it really has a very different feel about it, which I'm excited about and anxious about, but in a good way, like a kind of good anxious, right? If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm eager mm -hmm. to see where it goes. And the reason I'm doing this, by the way, is I had three things happening in or in august in the u.s so i figured don't there's no point coming home like i may as well just change yeah, some, yeah. some stuff together and that's why like i'm spending the majority of my time in new york and the majority of time that i will be in new york i haven't got any specific plans and i'm making plans because you there's a bunch of stuff to do there's a bunch of people to see there's meetings that i can take that i wouldn't be able to usually have there's a lot of stuff for me to do there plus i enjoy it there and haven't really spent any long time in new york like i've i feel like i've only ever just been there a couple of days here and there so i'm looking forward to spending a lot more time and on this trip casey Liss, i am going to eat the pizza from the bleaker street place <laughs> from john's of bleaker street i am i will believe it when i see it sir but i sincerely hope that you do because it will change your world and now that i've promised that you probably won't like it so one of my friends henry he uh, is one of my co-hosts on the ring post mm -hmm. um, i'm going to spend a lot of time with henry because we're going to a lot of wrestling together because um, there is actually a lot of wrestling happening in one of the weeks, which was one of the things that I decided to chain together with because, hey, I'm going to be in America. Let's do the wrestling again. Um, and he's created a, a, a list of things that he wants to us to do, places to eat, things like that. And he actually put John's of Bleaker Street on that list. So, Of his own like accord or because yep. he knew that I would browbeat you? No, he put it there of his own accord, I think, under what he referred to as traditional pizza. Oh, good man. Good man. That's so, what I like to hear. You think you're going to, I think I'm going to get it. I really do want to eat there this time though. And see, but here's the thing, right? Because we'll be together. I'll have someone to share it with, right? That's always the thing, right? I want to eat a whole pizza pie on my own. So having the pizza <laughs> to share it with, great. So don't worry, I will document that for you. Oh yeah, if that if there is a you don't have to commit one way or the other, but if there is a vlog and and Johns of Bleaker does not appear in it, uh, I might quit the show. Just be forewarned. Yeah, I I am vlogging, but like the vlogging's different this time, um, because part of the vlog is a work like a literal work thing. So the DC Pen Show, I'm vlogging for the Kickstarter backers. And then I'm planning mm -hmm. on doing, like, I don't even know. I haven't got it in my head yet because it's such a long period of time. Like, how I'm going to put that together if I'm if and how I'm going to put something else together. I don't know yet. But, yeah, I am planning on doing it. Also, because I have a bunch of time on my hands. So that's, you know, one of the reasons <laughs> that I haven't put a video out since I came back from WWDC is I've had no time because of this trip. So, like, I've been right, doing right. a lot of stuff, so I have less to do when I'm there. Um, so I, I expect I'm going to explore a little bit. Um, and if I'm going to be exploring a little bit, vlogging is the perfect thing for that. And then, yeah, I'll be in Memphis. Me and Stephen like to get together every year, and it's Relay FM's anniversary week, which means membership week, which means it's plug time, Casey Liss. All right. We're right in there. So every year in August, we do something special for members of Relay FM. Now, members of Relay FM are people that choose to give us their hard-earned cash uh, to support the network in whatever way they choose. And you can 
Support us in a bunch of different ways. You can give to specific shows. You can give to all of the shows in one bucket. You can give to multiple shows. It's completely up to you. But we would love it if you would chip some money in. And there's two ways you can do this. If you want to give to Analog directly, just go to relay.fm slash analog. There are buttons right on the page. You can choose to give us $5 a month, $10 a month, or $100 a year. All membership levels get the exact same perks. Or you can go to relay.fm slash membership, find out a bunch more information, and you can pick and choose whatever shows you want to give money to. Now, if you are a Relay FM member or become a Relay FM member, you get access to a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter, previews of upcoming shows, a members-only podcast in which my co-founder, Stephen Hackett, interviews two hosts about a big topic every month. So he brings together Relay FM hosts that are not usually on the same shows and talks to them about something different. You did one of those recently with Alex Cox where you spoke about Elon Musk, which is super mm-hmm. weird and super awesome. And also, <laughs> the big thing to talk about right now is Relay FM members get access to a feed full of bonus episodes of Relay FM shows that are throughout August and September. Now, me and Casey have recorded ours, and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies at Casey at the Cinema, a movie that I love called Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. And that is going to be coming out for Relay FM members on the 16th of August. So basically every day throughout August and then into summer September as well, there will be a bonus episode of a show. These are totally random things. These are weird and wonderful things. They, This is where our hosts get to be super creative. They come up with some awesome stuff. And if you become a member or you already are a member, thank you so much. And you're going to get a ton of bonus content. So go to relay.fm slash membership to find out more. But if you just want to give us some money, go to relay.fm slash analog <laughs> and hit those buttons. And we'll really, really, really appreciate it. Indeed. Yep. Thank you to anyone who has even considered, much less actually given us any of your cash. So it's very kind of you. I've really refined that pitch over time. You know, I'm, I yeah. think I'm getting good at this. I think there's a future in this game for me. <laughs> you can run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty good episode, I think. So you should uh, you should look forward to that in uh, just a few days by the time this episode comes out. But uh, yeah, either way, check it out. All right. So what are you most excited for for your pending travels? Hmm. So it's one of two things, really. Like, I'm. I don't know, actually, because I, I keep going backwards and forwards on it. Because honestly, this is like a super mic trip. Like, I'm doing a lot of my very favorite things. Going to the biggest pen show in the world, right? Uh, I'm going to spend a bunch of time in New York. I'm going to hang out with Steven and his family. Then I'm going to go watch five wrestling shows in five days. My word. And then taking a vacation with my fiance. Like this I'm very excited about this, Casey, because it's just all good. Like it's just all good stuff the whole way through. Like and I've got some projects in my mind right now that I want to spend some time fleshing out. And I think that this trip is gonna allow me a bit of space to do that as well. So I'm I'm feeling like this is gonna be a very productive trip for a bunch of reasons i've got some cool and interesting meetings booked in with some cool companies and some great people like i'm really looking forward to this trip there is only one black mark on it Mm. that you're not going to be in virginia when i'm in virginia yeah yeah (sighs) i'm i'm ships in the night 
I know. I'm so deeply bitter about this. I'm not kidding. And I, I think you believe me, but for the listener's benefit, like I am so genuinely deeply upset about this. But, but, I cannot but, even begin to but describe it. the reason is a good one. You're going on vacation with your lovely family. I mean, it's not like you're just stuck at work. So No, that is true, but uh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so unbelievably frustrated. The DC Pen Show was not supposed to be the weekend that it is, and it would have worked out so much selfishly better if it was the original weekend, but be that as yeah, it There's may. a lot of things about the DC Pen Show that should have been different, but it's kind of where the chips lay this year. Yeah. Um, to go back a step, it occurred to me, I, I should have said this earlier, um, I think that... Generally speaking, Periscope is kind of a silly app for anyone like you and me. And I mean that with respect, because with respect, I don't think either of our lives is that interesting, generally speaking. I am a vlogger, man. I know, but that's because what you can do is you can take a you know 10-minute Periscope video and distill it down into 10 seconds. I think the only times I've ever really periscoped were either at WWDC when when my audience, which is a terrible phrase, but whatever, when my audience might care to see what things are happening live, or like when we were together in DC over uh, the holidays, when again I think people might be interested to see that. But my like day to day of going to work, taking care of Declan, and hanging out with Aaron and whatnot, like that's not interesting. Mm. Let me put put it on record, if I may, that if there was ever a time for you to periscope. It would be the time that you're in John of John's of Bleecker Street eating the best pizza in the entire world. That is the time, Mike Hurley. That is what Periscope is made for. I would agree if somebody can guarantee to me it's going to be the best pizza in the world. Like, eating the best pizza in the world feels like a great time to Periscope. But I don't know if anyone can actually confirm that. You may love it, right? It may be amazing. But I don't know if we can say that it's the best pizza in the world, Casey. Well... Let me start by saying, if you put any, I was going to use a colorful expletive there, but I will change my tune. If you choose to put fruit on there, I I am going to be saddened. I'm not going to go to a place like that and do that. I I don't, I don't request at nice pizza places to have toppings added to pizzas, right? Like I get what they make because they're chefs. When I'm ordering a pizza from like Domino's, that's when I'm going to. Fancy oh, sure. it up sure, sure, my sure. way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, if I'm going fair. for for uh, if I'm going to be, no one I'm going to get is not a great pizza, and I'm like, you know, and there isn't like a, an amazing chef behind it. But like, if I'm going to somewhere like this, Jones of Bleecker Street, I want to see what they, I want to see what they do, I want to see what they got, you know, I to see what they yeah. bring to the table. So I'm probably going to get myself some pepperoni pizza or something, you know. You know, in my, I think pepperoni is one of three different options that I would recommend. My number one recommendation, if you're going to choose only one, I would actually recommend just a plain cheese, which I know is very boring, but nah. it, it is the best way to get the, the, the most pure form of pepperoni. is not too Johnson far flavor. off, though, right? Like, that that, was, that's that was why my I next go one. for it, you know? Because, yeah, yeah, that was my know. next recommendation, is pepperoni. And my final recommendation is if you choose to, and if you're this kind of a man, sausage. A sausage pizza is quite yeah. fine. Mm, it's a bit in that regard, like, I'm just going to kick it up a notch and go for pepperoni. I don't know if I agree with that being kicking it up a notch, but I am, I understand in principle what you're driving at, and I am okay with it. So be that as it may. All right. Well, I am very excited for you to do uh, Manhattan-y things. I know you have a lot of friends in Manhattan and the surrounding area, so you mm-hmm. probably don't need advice from someone who lives 400 miles away. But if you ever want advice, Mike Hurley, of things you can do in Manhattan, I have spent lots of time there for pretty much my entire life. So I'm your man. Just let me know. All right, today's show is brought to you by Balance. 
They are the team behind Balance for Mac, the app for helping you monitor all of your bank balances and card transactions. This team have also just launched Balance Open, which is a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase. Now, Coinbase is a popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies. This is stuff like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Balance Open is the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything. If you don't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, (laughs) that's okay. Because to celebrate all of this work that they've been doing, Balance want to help teach you about cryptocurrencies. And they're going to do that by starting you on your way. The first 1,000 people that go to bal.money slash relay, that's B-A-L dot money slash relay, will get $2 in the Ethereum currency for free as a gift from Balance. Go check it out today. Find out more and try out Balance Open. And thanks to Balance for their support of this show. All right. We hired a wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. It's done. Excellent. That is super exciting. They're awesome. We got on really well with them. Had they heard of you already? I don't know. Well, I mean, kind of, because our planner spoke to them. <laughs> so they were aware of me before we got in touch with them. What I mean to say is they were not aware of me steering you totally wrong and how you're going to be a terrible client because of me. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I, this is the thing I get worried about. I was worried about this when we were talking about my dentist. Like, I have no idea how long these people are like, if these people are here, like, listening. You never know, right? They, they could right. be there yeah. all the time. And I sometimes think to myself, oh, gosh, what if I say something? Anywho, um, they're great. We're going to do a uh, engagement shoot with them. Uh, even though we've been engaged for a year now. Um, <laughs> we're doing this for two reasons. Like one, so we get to know... Actually, three reasons. We get to know the photographer a little bit. They get to know us. Uh, as Adina said, they get to know her good side. Um <laughs> and we, and then also, like, it's free as part of the package that we're going with. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, we need some photos for, like, I'm going to set up a website for our RSVPs and stuff and, and with information. Um, and I want photography for that. So sure. what a great way to use that kind of stuff. Um, I was happy with the contract that that they sent over. Um, it, was, it was really good. It was well written. It was all clear. And it had all the provisions taken care of that we wanted. Um, so I'm really happy about that. I feel like the the, uh, oh, the the where the ownership is and the sharing of rights and what's waived and what isn't, I feel I feel like is beneficial for both parties. And so like I'm happy with it. There's still some stuff that I would like to change, but like I'm not going to bother fighting with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Good. We've also started booking our honeymoon. Oh, tell me more. This is like an exciting and upsetting thing. Uh, okay. As we've realized like how close in money terms the honeymoon is going to come to the actual overall budget of our current wedding. What? Where are you going? Away. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we want to go to Hawaii. Uh, and if you live on this side of the earth... You can't go straight there because you may never know what time means again. 
It takes 24 hours to get to Hawaii from uh, from England. Um, I'm not keen on that as like a way to start the honeymoon. <laughs> so we're going to break it up with a couple of t- like two-day trips on either side, uh, two, three-day trips to different West Coast destinations. We're thinking San Francisco and L.A. Mm-hmm. For this, why why San Francisco? Out of curiosity, because you've been there, done that. Is it for Adina? Yeah, and also like, I feel like I give San Francisco a hard time, but there are nice parts, and I think we're actually going to stay near Fisherman's Wharf, which mm. is lovely. Mm. And you know, if we go do Alcatraz and the Golden Gate Bridge, like we'll be spending the majority of our time in that part of town anyway, and we'll go down to Soma, like just so. I want to show it, you know, because it's like, there's bad parts, but it's also nice. Like, I enjoy my time there, but right, like, it just, after, like, the fourth or fifth time, like, I just needed to change the scenery. Um, mm. And she's never seen San Francisco, and San Francisco, it is a world city that I think a lot of people should experience. You know, we're going to get sure. a tram ride and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Ooh, House of Prime Rib? Yeah, House of Prime Rib. You're welcome. I was worried I was never going to eat there again. I know, right? She would really Worth like it. House of Prime Rib. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't like House of Prime Rib? I mean, come on. Vegetarians. Eh, okay, fair point. She's not a vegetarian, though. So, Adina, if you're listening to this, open the notes app and write House of Prime Rib <laughs> in your in your note for the honeymoon. But yeah, and then we're going to be going out to, uh, to, to Hawaii with... I don't give too many details about that, but like we found a hotel that we're really happy with and I've always wanted to go to Hawaii and I kept it for this reason. And that means that we're doing Hawaii like people on their honeymoon, which means it's really expensive, right? Like it's like with any destination in the world, you can, you can customize it based upon what you're looking to get out of it. But I really want it to be the best it can be or as close as, to that as we can afford so it's going to be real expensive but it's going to be amazing right like i'm very excited about it i've wanted to go there for a very very long time and it's yeah so we spent a lot of time researching we think we found a great place and we booked it so i'm very excited casey yeah, I've never never been to Hawaii, and I've heard universally that if you don't mind the fact that you will be completely and utterly broke by the time you leave, that it's one of the best places in the entire world. Well, that and it's impossible to get to if even from like my part of the United States, which is like a quarter to half the planet closer to Hawaii than you are. So, um, yeah, I've I've heard phenomenally good things, and I would love to go sometime, uh, but I don't know if. Aaron and I will ever have the chance unless we're bringing, you know, uh, Declan with us or something like that. Mm. And traveling that long with a kid that small just sounds terrible. So I expect to live vicariously through you, sir. Probably won't periscope or vlog it, but like I'll take some pictures for you. <laughs> that is fine. Yes. Just a few stills is all I'd like to see, please. Hawaii is such a long way away, man. It really is. It's, it's preposterously far away. I, I sort of kind of don't understand why it's part of america and that's not a complaint that's not a complaint it's just it's so in the middle of nowhere that Do you know it's it's a five-hour flight from san francisco yeah i don't doubt it it's bananas 
That is so far away. Like we were looking oh, for yeah. places to go to like um, beforehand because we've always wanted to split it up anyway and do like a week in two different places or whatever. But now we're kind of like splitting that other week and sandwiching it all. And we were looking mm-hmm. at like um, Charleston. Oh, yeah. I've heard phenomenally good things about that as well, actually. It looks so beautiful. I, I can't remember mm-hmm. whether it's south or north. I know that there's one of each. But the one that looks like an old South Carolina, Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina, because we're, we're just looking at like cool honeymoon destinations in the U.S. and like it looked so different to anywhere I've ever been before. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that looks really nice. But it was like 15 hours from there to Hawaii. I was like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what's the point of that? So that's why we're doing like two West Coast things. It's mainly it was just like we've got to do the West Coast otherwise there's no point doing this. Where could we go? And I was like, I want to take you to San Francisco. Like, I want you to see some of the stuff that I've seen, which I've enjoyed. Like, I want you to see it because I feel like yeah, I give it such a bad yeah. rap at home that I, I feel like San Francisco deserves to redeem itself in our household. You know, like, I, I always say such bad things about it all the time because I'm grumpy about it. But I, I know I've enjoyed many years there. I think you and I have the same opinion of San Francisco and that it's a fun place to visit for a day or two and then I want to get back out. And I think a lot of that is because of Soma and the area in which WWDC always took mm-hmm. place. I have visited one time other areas of San Francisco. And to be honest, it's still, it is just not a city for me. That doesn't mean it's a bad city. It's just not my kind of city. New York, my kind of city. London, very much my kind of city. San Francisco, not really my kind of city. But I can appreciate that it is a wonderful city, and I agree with you. The more I think about it, the more I hear you talking, you should bring Adina there. I think that is a good call. Um, L.A., eh, the problem with L.A. is you can't do anything without driving. And not to say that there isn't, like, you know, Lyft or whatever, but... It is it is a phenomenally spread out city in a way that you can't really and even I didn't appreciate until I saw it. So I have mixed about L.A. Um, I've heard phenomenal things about San Diego, which is a little bit further south. Um, I would also probably advise for you the Pacific Northwest if it wasn't for the fact that you've already been to Portland, which I've never been to. And I've never been to the Pacific Northwest, but I've heard phenomenal things about that as well, like Seattle, for example. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for you guys, I know, I believe, uh, Dina went with you to Portland at least once, she's right? Been, so, yeah, she's been. so I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not the best idea either, but either way, I'm jealous. I'm super jealous. And, uh, if you, if you want to, uh, bring me in your luggage, uh, just let me know. So on our last episode, we spoke a lot about tweets to people whose work we enjoy Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like people have been very nice to us in the last week or so in a way that I don't, I don't feel like I fully deserve. Um, just <laughs> lots of people have been tweeting at us and saying that they feel awesome when we reply or fave their tweets in the same way that I did about Edgar Wright. And I really super appreciate it. I don't, I don't feel like I can, I just don't feel like I can compare to someone like that, but I really, really appreciate it that people would say stuff like this. And I guess our whole next topic is effectively us exploring this a little bit more. But uh, I just want to say that everybody who sent in a nice note over the last week um, is wonderful. And thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, people saying even something like, oh, if I just see a fave from Mike or Casey, that makes my day. And like, that's 
utterly preposterous and in the best possible way that that me like dumb old, little old me is the one that's causing somebody to be that excited but it makes me super happy and i'm super super thankful for it um so yeah ditto to everything mike said and, and you all as, as we've said numerous times throughout the run of this show throughout the last 110 episodes of this show uh we have the best fans in the world and you guys are so kind to us and thank you mm-hmm. i don't know why any of you listen to us just blather on about our lives but i'm so thankful that all of you do so thank you so much let's talk about fame so we had a lot of people write in and say, here's what I think fame is. And uh, Mike did the lion's share of of, uh, of uh, collecting all of these for mm-hmm. us. And we'll, we'll run through with these. We'll try to do it quickly, but we'll probably end up getting on tangents no, here and there. I, th- so I this think, might... having put these together, I know that there's so many jumping off points for conversations. It's almost unreal. Like, as well, like, I, I basically sent out a tweet from the analog account and, like, asked for people. So all of these are tweet length, which is great. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off with Don. Dunn gave two definitions, a definition of superfame and a definition of microfame. Definition of superfame, more than 5% of the world's population knows who you are. Definition of microfame, more than 5% of a given group knows who you are. I liked this because this is fame, right? Either way, I think this is fame, but it just depends on the slice of life that you're going for. The idea of more than 5% of the world's population, I wonder if me and you are going to agree on that. I feel like that is mega famous. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world, and I think, I mean, even 5% of the world's population, that's a lot of people. I haven't done this math, but I just feel like, is that attainable? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, presidents, you know, world leaders, The Rock. Okay, fair. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of actors and actresses, which I think, you know, if you think like, if you just polled the Western world, you would probably hit the numbers. And then you could go out into some places like in India and stuff like that. And you could grab some of their like Bollywood stars. And right. And that would also work, you know, because you'd, you'd probably hit the 5% there as well. So I think that, that that totally works. I think you could make that happen for a large enough selection of people um, that it, that it would work. And then the microfame thing, I mean, I, I, I want to try and remember to use this more because I, I would half-heartedly and kind of jokingly refer to myself as microfamous. <laughs> right? I don't know if I agree with this definition, though, because to me, I think I'm on board with super fame. Like 5% of the world's population, you got to be really friggin' famous for 5% of the world to know who you are. But microfamous, like, let's take us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if if a mere five percent of people who are enthusiastic about Apple knowing who we are is enough to for me to consider myself famous within the realm of people who are really into Apple. I think it needs to be way higher than five percent. I think it needs to be like twenty five, maybe even well, fifty. It depends how how you draw in the group, though. Right. Okay, so, like, if I think of five percent of people interested in Apple, I mean, that's a lot. A lot of people. Right, so you'd have to draw it down yeah. a little bit, right? So, like, okay, okay. more than five percent of people that would go to Mac rumors, right? I mean, mm. you, you, okay. you've got a really large group on your hands there. Like, more than five yeah. percent of a given group there knowing who you are is pretty big, right? Like, the the slices are are interesting, like in how you you would populate it, but more than five percent of a given group knowing who you are, right? Like, I honestly feel like at WWDC. That I'm, you know, I'm lucky if I'm in the 10%, honestly, right? If people there knowing who I am, 
Um, you think so? Well, just, you know, similar-ish for you. I don't know, right? Like, how many uh, people? How many know. people go to San Jose, and how many people are at your live show? Right? Like, that felt like maybe ten to fifteen percent of the people that would be in town. Well, I mean, there's no way to see it, to know who went to our live show that also had a dub dub ticket and who was just like a local or who came into town or whatever. But I mean, if you think about it, WWDC is about 5,000 people. We had 1,000 people at the live show. Yeah, but how many people? Yeah, but my point is though, how many people come into town like what well, I do? And I think yeah. it's a lot yeah, of yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you, you've brought me around on this. Okay. I think, Don, we, we're starting strong. So we only going downhill from here. I mean, this is, this is a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong submission from Don. So I think that that was I think it's a good one because I like the idea of super fame and micro fame. I think it's pretty good. Oh man, you know, I'm looking at his name and I'm just like I honestly I can't remember which one to go for. I'm going to say stay. Mm. Nope. I'll, I'll do it wrong again. My god, stay. I am sorry. Like I honestly do not intend to do this to you. Um but now I'm like oh. all up in my own brain about it that there's nothing I can do about it. So Casey's close personal friend Steve said, uh, yes. I'm going to call him my close personal friend now as well just That's because fine. of what That's I've fine. done. At its core, fame is when someone that you don't know who doesn't directly know anyone that you know recognizes you for something you've done. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased, but I thought, th I thought this was really good as mm -hmm. well. So this is less about like a, a, a amount of fame, like yep. how much famosity. What was it? was that the word I used last week? Famosity or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you keep anyway. using it, and you know that word I doesn't exist, it. right? I know. Okay, I know, great, because I, I nearly put it in all over our show notes and stuff, and like just mm -hmm. ruined everything. Yeah, it's it rolls off the tongue just like freebooting. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I think what Steve is getting to here is that you know that's just a like. You may be super micro, tiny, itty bitty famous, but if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I, I know you from such and such, and that such and such is some sort of work that you've done, that is some flavor of being famous. And I, I think he's right. I think that both Don and Steve are on, onto something here, that there are levels of famousness and that you are at least in some degree famous if somebody rec recognizes you from another walk of life because of something that you've created. Yep, that there has to be multiple levels of separation between you and that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That That's yep. where it gets so far, interesting. So, yep. so no pun intended, a fan wrote in, like that, that was their Twitter name, a fan, which I think is <laughs> fantastic. Uh, being known outside of the community that started your fame means famousness to this person oh so that's like a mid-level famous in my book so i feel like that sits in between don's two definitions right so you have micro fame which is oh yeah if you listen to apple related podcasts you know who mike and casey are then there's mid-level fame where there's people that are just slightly interested in apple stuff that may know who us who we are and then they're super famous which is we're the next president and prime minister of our respective countries no i, I don't think you've hit that right i think that the, no? the mid-level is the idea of somebody who isn't in your community like this is like we're talking like people that are not in the apple world in my book here like people okay. that like crochet okay. know who you are yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so again, yeah, yeah. I will continue to come back to the one example that I think will I will continue to give, which is the Rock. So Rock, the Rock is famous because he is known outside of wrestling, right? Like someone like John Cena is the same. John Cena is a more modern day example because he hasn't yet been in too many Hollywood things, but people know who John Cena is because he's like the biggest guy, right? 
So mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is that type of fame where it isn't just fans of the specific thing that know who you are. It's people that don't care about that thing. Yeah, I think you're That's right. That's how okay. I look at that. Yep, I got it. Okay, this, this, this sounds good so far. Kathy thinks that fame is when people know your name and things about you, but you don't know them. This is a good catch-all for me because it's not looking at specific tough. groups. It's in the idea that there would be multiple people, like I'm kind of expanding on this a little bit, multiple people that know you and know stuff about you. But like if you get into a conversation with that person, you don't know anything about them. You know, but that could that could be something as simple as a Twitter follow, right? Or, you know, like a one-way relationship online. You know, I don't know if I'm famous even though there were there were people that followed me that I didn't know before I was quote-unquote somebody. Well, then that that's why I kind of said like I think there has to be like a multiple there has to be like an amount Right, like I feel like this. Mm-hmm. I think this one makes a lot of sense, but there needs yeah, to be yeah. something that's like quantifiable, and I don't yeah. know what that threshold would be. I actually think you can't can't draw it. Right, like what is it? One person, twenty yeah. people, a million? But like you know, but but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that the idea, just just the simple idea of the fact that like people know stuff about you, like that is. That's like that is there is an element of famosity as you would call it uh, in that I think. Nice, I take it. All right, we have lots more. Should we take a break? Yes, please. All right, today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. Use the offer code Feels at checkout and you'll get ten percent of your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. You can make your next move with Squarespace. doesn't matter what type of website you're looking to build. They are the all-in-one platform that will let you get it up. You can build a blog, portfolio, online store. It doesn't matter whatever you want to build with Squarespace. You can do it. I was talking earlier about setting up a website for when uh, we want to put all of our RSVP information and just general wedding info for our guests online. Casey List, where do you think I'm going to build that website? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Squarespace. That's completely correct. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. I don't want to worry about any of that stuff, and I don't have to with Squarespace. It's why I've used them for so many projects over the years. I actually can't think of any project that I have run the Squares- that I have not had a Squarespace site for in some respect. Like We have one for Relay.fm right now. It's where our blog is, and it's where we sell some merchandise stuff, like extras.relay.fm. It's all there. Squarespace have award-winning 24-7 customer support. They let you grab a domain name that can be unique and allow you to uh, market your site to the world and give people somewhere to go. And award-winning beautiful templates to let you show off your great ideas. You can start a free trial with no credit card required today by going to squarespace.com. You can get a feel for Squarespace and how it will work for you. And then you can sign up and their plans start at just $12 a month. Use the offer code FEELS at checkout. You'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for this show. We'd like to thank Squarespace for helping us out today. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So we have uh, next up Aaron. Aaron says... Fame is when somebody is regularly recognized in their local area. And I want to just follow this straight up with the next one, which comes from Craig, which is a little bit broader, which is strangers approaching you in the street. Now, I prefer Craig's answer to Aaron's answer here. 
Yeah, I think I do too. I think Aaron's is it's too, too geographically oriented. Yeah. yeah, because I am not famous in Richmond at all, but I am some small modicum of famous in general. San like Francisco. My, my, yes, right? Perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. Um, and of course, calling myself famous is such a self-involved thing to do, so please forgive me, everyone. Micro-famous. Like, micro-famous. It sounds micro-famous, way better. Yeah you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, if, so my micro-famousness is knows no geographic limits. Uh, no, it's just, it's not about geography. It's about interests, you know? And so I think Aaron's, the way I read it anyway, is too geographically oriented. Yeah, so I, I, I like the idea that they've both posed, but I do think that Craig's is, it makes more sense for me. Uh, strangers approaching you in the street. Has that ever happened to you? You ever had that, like outside yes. of an ex- an area you would expect? Yep. I uh, when what was it? Aaron and I were celebrating our anniversary, I believe it was, and it was not this year. Was it last year? Maybe it was our dating anniversary. It doesn't really matter. We were we were just the two of us, so no Declan in Charlottesville, which is where we met, and it's uh, you know the city that we really really love. That's about an hour west of where we are, and we were leaving the hotel we were staying in, and. I think one of us might have had an ATP shirt on, but either way, we were walking down the street uh, to go into like the the downtown mall, which is a, a particular area, Charlottesville, and somebody stopped the two of us and said, "Wait, wait, wait, are you Casey?" And uh, but shook, "What? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Why? Well, sorry, who are you?" And I can't remember the person's name, and I'm so sorry, but um, it was somebody who was super nice. Like, they didn't do anything wrong, but just taken out of context. Like, you sort of kind of expect this when you're in WWDC, but I was in Charlottesville, Virginia with Aaron, like, just kind of shooting the breeze. And somebody came up to me on the street and said, oh, you know, I I listened to the show. I'm not from Charlottesville. I happen to be in town for some reason or another. Uh, And I noticed your shirt, or maybe it was Aaron's shirt. I just thought I'd say hi. And they were super nice. It was so flattering and super awesome, but it was such a, like, bonkers, out of context, never expected it to happen sort of moment that uh, it really took us both by surprise. We got a good chuckle out of it afterwards, but uh, it, it was it was cool, but but surprising. You're micro-famous. Maybe. Rob says, having a Wikipedia page. Uh, womp, womp. I have one of those. I know. You know, actually, just the other day, I stumbled on, I think I had one or something, or no, no, no. There was like a request to add a page for me. I don't, th- I would put the link in the show notes if I could figure out how I found it, but I don't know how I got to it. But, anyways, it seemed like somebody had like started to make a draft of a page for me. Yeah, I, I found it. As well. Oh, did, how? Because, man, you have good Google food. When you go to uh, my Wikipedia page. Oh, you are uh, such a jerk. You are such a jerk. Your name is listed there and it's in red. And if it's in red, it means that there is a request and or a draft to create the page. And or like there's some reason that Wikipedia thinks that this is a, a name that needs no, to I be highlighted. No, I thought that just meant... No, I thought I thought now I could have this wrong, but I thought that just means that somebody had linked to the page where like or to the address where my page would exist if it existed. Okay. It just does not currently well, exist. Well, whatever it is, when I click the red link, it said there is a draft for this article at Draft Casey List, and it says Casey uh, List is an American yes, professional yes, yes, podcaster, yes. This is, blogger, okay. and software developer residing in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. That is the one I was thinking He's of. He's best known for being the co-host of the accidental tech podcast of Marco Armin and John Syracuse. Podcasting career. In 2013, Liz. 
that's where it ends. <laughs> they didn't, this person wasn't very committed. No. See, well, it looks like this was just the 26th of June of this year, so this wasn't that long ago. But whoever it was that created this, uh, well, thank you, but um, it seems like it's uh, not quite cooked yet. But that's okay. But yes, this is what I was thinking of. You're absolutely right. Um, and anyway, I, I was very but this excited. this isn't the best wiki page that exists of me. Why, which one's the best? There, one? is a, there is a wiki, called, a website called stationary.wiki, um, which has a, better, it has a better page for me. It's more detailed. Wait, how do you stay shun A-R-Y dot E-R-Y. Think about it. Uh, I had a feeling it was wrong, but I couldn't figure out why it was wrong. My bad. So I'll put a link All in the right, chat so. room. But it's it's got a lot of the same stuff, but just like in, there's just a, a little bit more detail um, in some areas uh, than my Wikipedia page. But this is a um, this is a, a quite incredible project that has been created by listeners of the pen addict to eventually build a wiki of everything we've ever spoken about on the show linking all of the pen like all of the times a specific pen is mentioned um and having the notes of every single episode with descriptions running jokes uh and then it's also spread out to a couple of other podcasts that are in the stationary world uh, this is a project which has been in the works for a long time and it is building and building over time. Um, there's still a ton of work to be done because the the ultimate goal of this wiki is incredibly vast, um, but it's getting there and it's getting there from contributions from Panatic listeners. So I have to say that this site is extremely cool just in principle. However, if you go to the very main page, there's an image on the right-hand side of you and Brad that yep. is just phenomenal. It is, this is so good. an online coloring book that somebody has created because of this. So the image of Brad that you'll see, um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to put a link in the show notes, the analog show notes to a website called Colorbook Pen Addicts. So that image, there's a whole thing that explains what this is. But the image in the middle, the picture of Brad, that is something that was created by uh, the Boston, one of the a Boston publication, BDC Wire or something like that, Boston.com. They did an interview with him and they created this illustration, this horrifying illustration, which has been a long running joke in the pen addict. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Alex created an online coloring book where he redrew me and occasional guest co-host uh, Anna Reinert. And so you good. can go and color us in and there are a ton of in-jokes and like different... Yeah, it's incredible. Like It's this amazing thing which was created by a pen addict listener. So this is just a whole thing like just to talk about like while we're on this train today of like these interesting projects which you could say like what does this mean for fame right like that people have wanted to create these things that are related to the pen addict but so that's that's a whole thing this is super cool all right moving on thomas says having a community regardless of size of people that look up to you are heavily influenced by you or unironically (laughs) enjoy your work that's a pretty good definition actually i like that I don't think I have much to add, but I like but it. But the regardless of size, the regardless of size, right? Like that's the thing you keep getting hung yeah. up on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh but yeah, this 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 is pretty good. I like this one. 
Uh, Al writes, being well-known in a disparate group of people who aren't already all directly friends with each other. I don't think size matters too much. Uh, and they have a sub-bullet here. Alternatively, being known by people outside the group you're famous connected to. So The Rock being known by non-wrestling fans, etc. Also like this one. Yep, being well-known in a disparate group of people who aren't all directly friends with each other. That's That's interesting, right? It's like that people could know who you are and there could be lots of them, but none of those people even know each other because it's all spread right, out. Right, right, right. Yeah. Ian says, a person that is well-known to a level that they no longer know all of their fans or supporters. I think this crosses between micro-famous and famous, right? Because you can be micro-famous and still not know all your fans or supporters, mm, but... I think that this is like micro-famous and micro-micro-famous. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can get behind that, if yeah. If you yeah. had like 300 followers on Twitter, you probably don't know who all those people are. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I'm with you. But like so many people can have 300 followers on Twitter. I had 300 mm. followers on Twitter like before I was even podcasting, right? Like, you know, it was just thing because back then in 2007 people were just following whoever was in their local geographic area yeah yeah i think you're right daniel says not having to explain to your mum who someone is <laughs> now i would argue that this is like unattainable mega fame right yeah this is top tier fame right this here. is like real high up there to be able to guarantee that not a bad definition, but it's definitely top tier. Andrew wrote in and said, anyone that you are willing to spend $500 to travel for several hours and take a day off just to have lunch with. It's very specific. Yeah, that could be just a really, really, really good friend. I, okay, I guess for tweet length brevity, right? You would assume somebody that is not your friend. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. I think this is a little hyper-specific, but I like the premise of what they're saying, which is that you would, you would move mountains with air quotes around it. Like you would, you would rearrange your life in order to hypothetically spend some time with this person or like go to a live show or yeah. go to a meetup or whatever. The case and I've done be. stuff like this and I'm doing stuff like this later this year, right? Like I, yeah, I agree with this. And like for podcasters, I do things like this. People I don't know, but podcasters that I enjoy who I consider famous, right? So mm -hmm. this is the thing. Uh, Rocco says, if someone in a small town in Arkansas has heard of you. That's oddly specific. I get <laughs> this the was specific for this person, I think. <laughs> yeah, I get the principle of what they're driving at. And uh, in principle, I guess that's fair. But here again, there's there's levels of micro that could still be known. Like, and that's the beauty of the internet, right? Like, because of the internet, you could be famous in odd corners of the globe that you wouldn't normally be famous in. Mm -hmm. Micro famous, that is. And our final one today comes from Patrick. Patrick says... You are famous if random people ask to take pictures with you. Now, this is, we've got a double on this one, Casey. So the picture that Patrick linked to is a picture that we took together in WWDC, <laughs> me and Patrick. But right. I was at the ATP live show when I took this picture. Oh, nicely done. I remember Patrick. He had a Tweetbot t-shirt on. And uh, I was walking to, to sit down. And he's like, hey, can he, he like, this was after I'd kind of made a fool of myself at the front and uh, for a little bit, which was fun uh, with you guys. And then I went to sit down and then uh, Patrick came up and we took a picture. I like Patrick's glasses. That's awesome. You would. 
because they look like they're almost identical to yours, if not identical. I have enjoyed this a lot. I think this is uh, this has been an interesting discussion, and I think the main, honestly, the main thing I have gotten out of this, um, two things actually. One is that there is no definition of fame, right? Like that it is a thing that means many different things to lots of different people. Um, and I think it really depends a lot on the types of entertainment that somebody consumes. Mm-hmm. Like it is very possible that there are people on television, uh, that there are people on the radio uh, that have l- fewer people that know who they are than know who you are. This is a very possible thing because audiences can be surprisingly small in in these mediums. But but I think people traditionally think that if you're on the radio, if you're on TV, you're famous, right? So I think that there's a lot of just like what somebody's bringing to the conversation in the first place decides on like kind of their context. The other thing that I've got out of this is the term microfamous, which I really, really like. <laughs> I like it a lot. So thank you, Don. I'm going to have to try and remember to use this more because I think microfamous explains perfectly how we would describe fame based upon what we do for a, a living or for a lucrative hobby. Um, it, it, this is a thing, right? Microfame, because we are famous in our community, but only there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that means a thing. So microfamous. I like that a lot. Me too. All right. It is uh it is Firefly Viewing Club time, episode six. We're gonna take a quick break and after that we're gonna we're gonna talk about this episode which is called Casey Janestown, right? Janestown. Janestown. Mm-hmm. I watched this one uh with a bigger interval than usual, so I'd forgotten the title of it, but I remember it and I got my notebook right here and I'm flicking <laughs> open to my notes page right now. So I'm going to be completely ready. I think, oh, actually, this is episode seven, not episode six. Episode number seven, Janestown. You didn't correct me, Casey. Sorry, my bad. All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Linode. Linode lets you get set up in seconds with fast, powerful hosting. They have tools that are easy to understand. They let you choose your resources and Linux distro in just a few clicks. They give you all of the power and flexibility that you need for your virtual server requirements. Linode have plans that start at just $5 a month, and you can get a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Linode offer industry-leading performance. They have native SSD storage, and they will give you access to a 40 gigabit network and Intel E5 processors, which are extremely fast. Are they, um, they may be still the fastest processors in the cloud market. I know they were at one point. I'm going to assume that they are because I bet that Linode have whatever the fastest is. They have nine data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers quickly. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. They have super simple scaling, which is a fun thing to say. Super simple scaling. They allow you to resize your servers <laughs> in a couple of clicks, and it's all manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and no balances. Linode has fantastic pricing options available for you. You can get a one gigabyte RAM server for just $5 a month. You go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for your virtual server 
for just $60 a month. They have twice the amount of RAM that you're going to get elsewhere for these prices. And as a listener of this show, if you go to linocom slash analog, you'll not only be supporting us in this show, you will also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And of a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog to learn more. Sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code ANALOG2017 at checkout. So it's linode.com slash analog for that $20 credit and to sign up. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show. All right. Janestown. Janestown. Indeed. This is, uh, this is an interesting one. I really like this episode because of the absurdity of the premise of it. But what did you think? I loved it. Good. Love this good, good, one. Good. Okay. Because good. there are multiple stories going on in this episode. We have uh Jane the hero, right? We have uh <laughs> the unsuspecting unwilling hero. Yes, yeah, we'll get to that. We have um Kaylee and Simon, their relationship advances and, and breaks down and advances into places that we haven't seen before. Um River and Shepard have like a whole thing going on, um, which is hilarious. And <laughs> um, we have, as always, my favorite thing in the show, more details about Inara. Um, this is all happening. There are like four completely separate storylines. They, they, they kind of mingle together by the end. But they're all happening during the show, and there's no rushed ending to it. Like everything seems really thought out. It's like they somehow found extra time in this episode, right? In a way that they didn't in the previous one. And everything got resolved really well, wrapped up really well, even though, honestly, I think um, that there is there was more going on, right? So, yeah, I was yeah. I, I enjoyed this one an awful, awful lot. Good, good. Now, I, I had a feeling this one would be okay, but the conceit of the episode is kind of preposterous, which is that uh, Jane... And the, the crew are going to a, a planet. I don't what is it? Some of the sea. It doesn't matter what the name of it is. But anyway, they're going to a planet where Jane had had a run in with the not governor, but like magistrate or something like that. Whatever the, the, the head it feels of like the, the person is. that runs the town. Right. It's what it seems right, like. Yeah. Well, no matter what the exactly. phrase they use, it's like the person exactly. in charge. Right. And so he's all freaking out that they're going to all like hate him and, and yell at him and like kick him off the planet or town or whatever. Um, and so he's like dressed sort of kind of incognito. And, you know, almost 10 minutes into the episode, they're walking around, they're posing as buyers. They're going to buy mud because that's what the product is for this. Which town. is hilarious. Is mud, that's which just is hilarious. also kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So they go walking around a corner and they come upon a, a statue made of mud. And the statue has a particular likeness, and the particular likeness is of Jane. And you look at the bottom between the statue's feet, and sure enough, there's a little plaque that says Jane Cobb on it. And so they all look at each other, and they're like, what the what? What is happening right now? And Jane is just as confused as everyone else. And over the course of the episode, we come to figure out why it is the town loves Jane so much. And it's it's a pretty funny story, which I guess, is there any reason not to go into it right now? I guess we can kind of cover it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, Jane was working with somebody else to steal a bunch of money from the magistrate Stitch. or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, and Stitch is the, the other criminal's mm-hmm. name. So he was trying to steal, or they were trying to steal all this magistrate's money, and I guess whatever the, the coinage or bills or whatever it was, 
weighed a lot and they got like fired upon their vessel got fired upon as they were as they were escaping so jane like jettisons all the extra cargo in the in the in the vessel then he jettisons stitch i think it's the other way around actually because that's what makes him such a bad person is that he kicks his buddy out first before the money well no right right what i meant to say is like he got rid of I don't know, like uh, fire extinguishers and couches. I'm making up the details here. But my point is that he jettisoned, they, they jettison all the stuff that's kind of expendable. Then, to, to your point, Stitch gets the boot from Jane, which makes him a terrible person. And then eventually, I think by accident, he actually let go of all the money. Now, he gets rid of it because otherwise he's going to get caught. So he just he just lets it go. But like it wasn't, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and but the people of the town think that he was like Robin Hood, like robbing from mm-hmm. the rich and giving to the poor, like showering this right. money on them. But he was just trying to save his butt. Exactly, and so they revere him as this like folk hero, and come to find out that they're like extraordinarily enthusiastic that he's back, and that we kind of find this out not only by this statue, but by uh, this this like. A troubadour in a bar yep. uh, who ends up singing a song about the man they call Jane and mm-hmm. it's just the way that this like progressive disclosure of the of the of the conceit of the episode I just thought it was so well done and it and it it, it, it there were several different several different times where it could have ter- taken a hard right or left or whatever into like cheesy town and they were able to just you know ride that line and I just thought it was super well done yeah it's really good like and to kind of to follow this story through to the conclusion like there are a bunch of things that happen, right? Like the people find out that he's there, and like they want to, they have like a big party, and you know, he has his pick of the women. I expect is the way that that's meant to to yeah. to be mm-hmm. shown. Uh, the like everyone goes wild. Like people are just so excited to have him back, and um, they end up arranging like this Jane's Day. Is that what they call it? Jane Day. I think that's like right. like a big just day to celebrate him. Um. And then, like, Jane at this time was always also kind of, after being, like, terrified and then confused and bashful, he then starts letting it all go to his head a little bit. And, you know, he's thinking, yeah, I am a hero. Like, I am a hero. Um, And then he kind of, once, he kind of gets to a point then, like, as it kind of things progress and everybody starts making fun of him more and more, like, you know, all the crew from the Serenity, that he gives this, like, interestingly rousing speech right like they wanted to give a speech and he actually does a decent job of it where he's kind of kind of saying stuff along the lines of like no one will do this for you like no one's gonna do for you what you thought i did for you so stop believing it like you need to just get on with it and make your lives better and it was like it was actually pretty good like it was well done and they even comment i can't remember who it is but like someone one of the serenity crew was like wow that was actually pretty good um (laughs) and then this stitch guy appears because the uh the magistrate um or whatever the name of the person is yeah 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 um finds out that jane's back uh and lets this guy out of prison who was his accomplice and uh he he they like he confronts jane in the in the kind of the town square or whatever when he's giving the the big speech and then the guy stitch tries to shoot jane and then the kid jumps in the way right there's like a young guy yep. who really looks up to mm-hmm. him, to jane or did but then like jumps in the way and like saves him and this is like i'm hoping to see continued advancement of this because the end of the episode is really interesting because jane is like really upset about the fact that this boy sacrificed himself and like feels like that it wasn't 
necessary, wasn't warranted, he shouldn't have done it. Especially when he found out that Jane, you know, he's found out by this point that Jane is a liar and a thief and that he doesn't care about these people, but yet this kid still saved himself. And like him and Mao are talking and he's like, I just don't understand why. And yeah, so I'm, you know, because Jane's character is pretty, pretty one-dimensional. Um, at least has mm-hmm. been to this point. Like, there is a surprise in Jane because, not because he does something out of character particularly, but, like, you don't necessarily know his motivations, like, in a, in a given moment. Sure. But you know that you can tell, like, his overall motivations are to either A, make more money, or B, become the captain of the ship. But, like, just moment to moment, you're not sure what he's going to do, right? And they play that for for effect, like when we thought last time that he was going to shoot Mal, but he just wanted to give Mal his gun. But, like, it's still the same right, idea. Right, it's right, like, right. like, whatever it was, this was just Jane just trying to get everything he wants in life. Yep. So, yeah, you know, I, I maybe this agree. is a turning point for that character. I'm not sure, but it it worked well in that episode. We also, we're getting a hint to your point that there's some depth to Jane that we haven't seen before. And and without spoiling anything, this is going to be brought up at least one more time in a very, very fascinating way. Good, good, Um, good. I'm pleased about that. It's still, you're still dead on that by and large, he's a pretty one-dimensional character. But every once in a while, we'll see this hint of humanity behind him. Um, humanity that may not actually exist in Adam Baldwin, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, um, we see this humanity behind him that uh, that is that is welcome, and and I really enjoy. Um, meanwhile, while this is going on, uh, Shepard Book is taking care of River back at the um, back at the Serenity. Yeah, I really like that she's like ripping up his Bible and stuff, and she's like she's fixing it, fixing, she's fixing it. the Bible. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she says it's full of contradictions. <laughs> Yeah, and Shepard Book, of course, is not pleased by this, but, you know, he has the obvious line, but it's such a good line, nevertheless, and I say that as a very not religious person, but he said, you know, you don't fix faith, faith fixes you, Mm -hmm. and listening to the conversation, you you knew exactly where that line was going to appear, but it was still well-delivered and well-done and well-written, and I liked that. Yeah, I I was interested in this because of the things that she mentions and River mentions. One of them is uh, talking about Noah's Ark, which was interesting to me because, again, in trying to paint the lore of this universe, there are elements of Christianity in this whatever the religion is that Shepherd Book is a part of, which I don't feel like I have a good handle on what or if it's anything that I'm aware of, but uh, there is Noah's Ark is in there, so I thought that was... I thought that was interesting. This this arc kind of ends up resolving itself in comic relief, um, which is very funny. Uh, in that there is this moment where Shepard is like washing his hair or something. Yeah, I think he's preparing himself for bed or something like that. And, and he, he has taken this off like his crazy ponytail. hair yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, just he, he it turns out he has a lot more hair than you would think just looking at the guy and River kind of rounds the corner because she's looking for him and and she looks up at him and just kind of screams and runs for it. And mm-hmm. then he goes chasing after her, and um, Zoe comes rounding the same corner and looks up and kind of does that. Oh, <laughs> and so even she was kind of like, whoa, I didn't expect that. It, 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 obviously, you have to see it, but it's it's very well done. So, what else is going on in this episode? Inara, uh, she has business uh, on the planet that they're all on. Um, she has a uh, 
mm, client, yeah, yeah, client. Um, the yeah. man, a man. All we know, like to be in the beginning of the episode, is a man has hired her to bed his son because he is twenty six years old, the son, and a virgin, and that that is very concerned about this. Um, we see one thing where there is a companion greeting ceremony, which consists of tea, uh, which I mm. which I thought was funny. The guy, the kid, his name is Russ. Um, Anara has a good moment with him where she uh, talks about how the companions choose their clients, that she wouldn't just work with anyone, um, so that he is a man of some desire. We then find out, and you know, the reason that all this is happening, um, and that we're seeing so much of this, is that the guy Russ, his dad, is the uh, the magistrate of the town. So the guy that right, right. is after Jane. So that's how it all kind of wraps up, and then. In a way that, you know, there is a quick fix at the end, but it makes a lot of sense, right? So the quick fix right at the end is they seem to be landlocked. So, you know, the the, the, the magistrate would put like a um, a lock on their ship so they couldn't take off. But yeah. the, the son, Russ, turned it off. He fixed it. And uh, this is like following up on, on, you know, he says, oh, you want to make a man out of me, which is something that dad says. But it's good because, like, he did it because, you know, I kind of taught him some lessons or some, some wisdom uh, and because he, they have a relationship now. Uh, it all kind of ties together in a way. Like, it wasn't just, like, shoot that one thing, right? Like, it, it, it fit for me in a way that the previous resolutions didn't. So it was like a quick resolution, but, but made sense. Right. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny to me though because I actually really disliked this resolution, and the reason I disliked it was because if they really are a ship built for smuggling, like, don't you think they would have figured out a way to disable this landlock? Uh, maybe, uh, obviously, I'm perhaps mm-hmm. overthinking it, but it just seems out of character that they wouldn't thought have thought of this already. It just, I don't know. It, it was slightly ham-fisted rather than entirely ham-fisted, which I think kind of bummed me out. Um, And the other thing that I noticed in this episode that's really become a trend is that I feel like all the main actors and even the more important, like, second-tier actors, um, I'm trying to think, like Niska. We saw Niska already, right, a few episodes ago because that was the one where they kicked the guy into the uh, jet engine, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the the, the kind of boss man, Niska. Um, I think that actor does a pretty good job. Um, The magistrate was fine. But like the uh, what was it Stitch or whatever is the one the one eyed guy I did not think that he did a good job. There were I'm trying to think there were one or two others that I was thinking of last night as I was watching this, and of course now I'm drawing a blank. Where the like ancillary players I just don't think they're very good actors. Where I think the the main crew are pretty darn good all told, and that just kind of takes me out of it a little bit in a way that it never used to. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that or feel feel similarly. I feel like that there is a a dearth of talent, like not dearth. Um, I feel like that there is a real mixture of talent. Yeah, right. And that That's sometimes helpful. they're good, and sometimes they're not good. Um, mm-hmm. And but this, is, I find this to be similar of most TV shows like this. You know, sometimes yeah. you're going to get people that that are good, but sometimes you're going to get people that are really just like bit players. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's their thing and sometimes they're going to be good sometimes they're not going to be good I guess the one thing that we haven't touched on uh, is the like the Kaylee and Simon like Dr. Tam thing mm-hmm. so you know 
she convinces him to go on the mission with them and there's a lot of flirting and then they get drunk together and kind of seem to touch on their feelings a little bit but he yep. makes a fool of himself the next day um i would never uh i would never oh, yeah, i know exactly what you're thinking of not with kaylee is what he says oh, like, in, like kaylee, every episode every episode she just gets freaking burned well so hard. it's resolved and like um, what he was trying to say at this moment is just like because he's trying to be honorable in a way right like i would never not with her because you know she is a good person a nice person i think that's kind of what he's trying to go for he's trying to be gentlemanly right or mm. you know but he's not doing a very good job no. he's not choosing his words well enough but his no. intentions are, are good right like he kind of he sums it up at the, the right at the end right when they're, they're together he's saying he tries to be respectful to show her that he likes her and then it's in a great way to end the scene Katie's just like well what about when we made love last night and he's like what and she's just like well, that's love. And, uh, it was just really well done i like it like so the, yeah. i like that there there's an advancement to their relationship which is not which is not at its core breaking down what their relationship is. They're not like jumping to be in love with each other now. There's like still like a fun in it. And, and I assume that now that they have kind of, they've both laid their cards out on the table, that this relationship will progress more romantically than, than it currently has been. Like at this point, there's no hiding it. They've both told each other that they're interested in each other. So I'm expecting there to be more movement in that. Yep. Yep. And the other uh, the other moment I thought was similarly funny or similarly well executed was when um, when what was the the son's name? Russ Ross, something like Russ. that. Um, Russ. When he's explaining to Inara about how there was a hero that came by and he's kind of like weird and he's kind of a jerk, but he does good things and he you know gave all this money away. And Inara is starting to like trying to make excuses for Mal and, and say, you know, oh, well, Mal this and or, or something along those lines. And then eventually it comes to light that that Russ was talking about Jane and her face and her expression is just like, Jane? I don't know. I just thought it was very well done. It, it was a lot of a lot of jokes, and like I said earlier, like so much of this episode, I think could have taken a turn for the super cheesy and poorly done, but they were able to just ride it and 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 make it really well executed in a way that maybe they hadn't before. And I, I thought it was I thought it was great. I love this episode. Yeah, I did too. I really did like this one a lot. Um, so I'm continuing good. to really enjoy this show, man. Good, good. All right, we'll see if this trend keeps up with John's of Bleecker Street now petrified. But uh, but no, I, th- I think it, I think with this show, I adore and love this show in a way I adore and love a few other television shows. And it sounds like you really enjoy it. And you know what? That's the best I can hope for. And if you similarly really enjoy John's of Bleecker, not having had grown up with it for your entire life like I have, I'm good with that too. So we'll see what happens. But enjoy your travel, sir. Fly safely. And uh and God, I'm so sad that I'm not gonna see you this trip. But uh, hopefully hopefully the next time and uh and we will mostly have regularly scheduled programming, I believe, except for that one episode where Steven is uh sitting in. So Yeah, Steven's gonna be coloring for me um in my vacation week. But before we go, mention it again. 
Go to relay.fm slash analog. You'll find our show notes there, of course. Uh, but you can sign up to be a member to support this show. If you want to support other shows or more shows, go to relay.fm slash membership. You will not regret it. You're going to get a ton of incredible content coming your way uh, as bonus episodes, as well as just the regular content for members that goes out every single month. There is a lot to love about a Relay FM membership. And if you want to throw some money our way, we'd really appreciate it. If you can't or don't want to, it's totally fine as well. You're going to continue to get this show for free every single episode as you have and will continue to until the end of time. Casey, check the uh, terms and conditions of the contract that we signed. This episode, <laughs> this show does go on until the end of time. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, good to know. <laughs>